0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. If you
1: could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson.
2: And welcome to Get Real Radio with... I'm your host, James Robinson, and today I want to talk about emotions and how to master them, how to control them, how to use them uh, for your benefit and to stop letting them ruin your life. What I intend to do is talk generally about emotions today and in the coming weeks and months I'm going to be doing a series of shows focusing on the major emotions, shame, guilt, anger, joy, happiness, Etc., uh, etc., cetera, et cetera, because I think that uh, each one has a different aspect to it, and there are different ways to deal with uh, emotions, especially when uh, you're dealing with the lower vibration emotions uh, that tend to make our life such a living hell. And uh, let me just explain for a second what I mean by vibrations. Uh, w- there's a wonderful book uh, out called "The Power Versus Force," and a scientist took a look at the brain waves and uh, heart rate and and various physical um, aspects of how your body responds to various emotions and what he found out is is that your body actually emits a vibration at, at a p- particular hertz which is a unit of measurement in vibration and the the emotions that are the most painful that are the most bothersome that are the w- hardest to deal with like anger like grief like shame and guilt and the other emotions have a lower frequency level than emotions where we are you know enjoying life like happiness and joy and pleasure and love and and these other uh, emotions that are on the what we would call the higher end, they have discovered that there actually is a range of frequencies associated with uh each emotion, and so that probably is primarily why we each emotion feels differently because our body responds to higher or lower frequencies, obviously, just like a tuning fork, and we can uh, adjust that at will. Uh, It's very difficult at times. I know that when we're in the throes of a very, very negative emotion or very low vibration emotion, something like guilt or shame, or uh, grief, or fear, or anger, that sort of thing, is it's very hard to change that to a higher vibration, but I'm going to be giving you some ideas, some tips, some practical suggestions on how we can do that, because that's you know how we can master our emotions, and we can master our life, and make it fun and enjoyable, even though our circumstances may be something that is hard to deal with. We can still uh, help ourselves, enjoy our lives, even though we may be broke, or our uh, people are suffering, or people are, uh, you know, running you ragged. It's it's very important to know that we're not victims, and we can actually control how we're feeling. If we know how to do that, I mean, it's it's not, I'm not talking about wishing things were different. I'm talking about the fact that if we know how to do it, uh, we can actually change our emotional structure. So it's, you know, one of the things that uh, I have spent a lot of time doing and I've spent a lot of work doing, and uh, uh, we can understand and be aware of the emotions that we're experiencing in the moment other than just freaking out or panicking. And so there's a huge body of research. There's a huge body of uh, self-empowerment, self-help tools that help us uh, navigate these the negative emotions and to try to stay in the positive emotions, the higher vibrational emotions that uh, govern our lives. And they uh, think most scientists understand that and by scientists I mean psychologists, psychiatrists, people who uh, research behavior and the various psych, uh, psycho and physiological changes that our body's going through depending on how we feel. So the important thing to know is that this is not just an academic exercise. A lot of scientists are now understanding that if you spend a lot of time suffering, if you spend a lot of time uh you know, stuck in negative or low vibration emotions that it can actually affect your physical health. And there was a, you know, there's a body of work out there done by alternative healers that associate the psychology of emotion and the physiology of our health. And so, you know, they associate anger and uh, rage with a number of diseases that, if left uncontrolled, you can get cancer, you can get viral n- diseases, you can get horrible, horrible diseases if you do not control your emotions. So, I wanted to do this series, number one, because it is such an important impact on our lives, but it also uh, is, you have to realize that we come with a pack of emotions and there's nothing wrong with any particular emotion it's just that it is a response to what we perceive is going on in our lives in other words if we get if we're threatened we have a physiological response to that and it it all goes back to the fight or flight syndrome that I've talked about many times where our brains actually engage a certain part of the brain that's basically hardwired to deal with threat and survival issues that we either take a stand and and lash out and be aggressive and that's the fight part or we run away and that's the flight part so when you understand this very complex mix of how emotions interact with our brain function and how that interacts with our physiological functions and uh, what is going on in our mind and in our emotions and in our bodies, we can make life either joyful, exciting, uh, or we can make it suffer in misery. So I think the only real difference is, is that the people that can Enjoy life on a regular basis and spend most of their time in in a in the vibration and frequency of joy and peace and calmness. Then, uh, you know, they just happen to have skill sets or they've been trained to know how to manage their emotions. And that's what I want to do for the listeners: is give you a roadmap to give you an understanding of where emotions come from. Why is it important to know what's going on in any given moment? Uh, these are not random events. They are something that is actually uh, we're trained to do, and how we can change that so that if you're going through a situation where in the past you get depressed or you get sick or you have lower frequency responses to what you perceive to be going on, you know, I hope to give you some insight. I hope to give you some practical tips on how to deal with that so that you can be one of these people that can be the eye of the hurricane. You can be that one that every ter- everybody turns to that is calm and grounded and, and peaceful when everybody else is hitting the fan. So uh, we'll start today with just a general overview of emotions and what we can do about them. And then we'll be going on later uh, in the later weeks and months on how we deal with a particular emotion that may be bothering you or or emotions that you want to uh, stay in. So the first thing I want to talk about is where do emotions come from and why do we have them uh, are they actually something that we're born with, or is it something that we learn as we, as we grow? Um, and, you know, that's a very good question. I, I think that my own personal belief is that we learn uh, most of the emotions we learn through observation and uh, experience. In other words, we have some basic emotions that uh, we do, I do believe, are genetic. And those are survival-related, uh, fear and uh, anger and other emotions that trigger that, that uh, survival brain that gets us into fight or flight. These are, I believe, are instinctual. They're programmed into our DNA. And we have to accept the fact that we have these emotions and we will experience them no matter what. Because I know that there are uh, the masters or the teachers that I have uh, studied with for years. You know, one of the common teachings is is that we are going to experience anger. We are going to experience fear. There's no way to avoid it. The way, you know, what we can do is adjust how much time we spend in that particular emotion. Because what a master will tell you is, is that if if you can just let it wash through you, it's kind of like a cloud passing in front of the sun. And if we don't hang on to that emotion, then, you know, it's just spice of life. And the anger... any emotion that we experience that we don't like or is painful, you know, really shouldn't last more than, say, a couple of minutes. And then you can get back to your ground zero, your base, uh, whatever your level of natural, uh, naturally occurring uh, state of emotion is. You know, it's almost like you can pick the frequency at which you want to spend most of your time. Uh, the higher the frequency, the better it feels so and uh, I would say that that is just something that 's sadly lacking in our educational process uh, as we 're growing up in, in at least our culture because you know i'm pretty sure i didn't have any receive any training on how to adjust my emotional uh, frequencies, and it 's something that i 've had to learn. Through a lot of research, uh, reading, uh, workshops, and it's something that's getting to be more and more popular, more and more known as far as yes, you can control these, yes, you can adjust your emotional state. Uh, they're calling it EQ now, which means your emotional quotient can be changed. And so uh, they're not, they're not. Un- controllable. We we're, we're not victims. We can if we're experiencing something that we don't like, then yes, a certain emotion is going to be triggered, but it's it's something that I can debate all day long as to whether or not that's something that we're born with or something that we've actually learned through watching other people uh, as we're growing up and most of our emotional makeup is Probably determined by the time we're young, six or seven years old. And so we've watched our parents, we've watched uh, their friends, we've watched the, you know, we've watched TV. We have all this information that we've watched and observed or experienced. And so we don't know exactly where you may have gotten this or where it was, you know, where I learned how to be angry. I'm pretty sure it was my parents, but the, fact is, is that we don't have to stay that way. We can, you know, there are things that we can do to uh, lighten the load, in other words, or lighten the mood. You know, we get a lot of this stuff from our families, uh, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. If anybody has grown up in areas where there's kind of like a cultural uh, shame or there's a cultural issue that, for example there's some conflict that your family or your culture lost and being from the south obviously the civil war so there's you know uh, there's still a lot of underlying angst in southerners about what happened to their great great grandparents if you know people from germany you know and i'm not saying that Right or wrong or indifferent, but I've taught a lot of classes in Germany, and I can tell you that there's a lot of cultural guilt over what happened during World War II. And it has nothing, you know, it is odd that a a German would feel guilt or shame over something that happened three generations before, but it's there. And so it's something that we've, you know, that comes down through our culture, it comes through down through our uh, families. Then there's the religious uh, stick, because depending on the religion that you may believe in, there may be a lot of guilt, there may be a lot of shame, there may be a lot of fear. I know that uh, my mother, when she, uh, I call it graduating to the next uh, lifetime, she was scared to death that she was going to go to a bad place when she died, and I, I find that so humorous because she she was such a sweet lady. She did so much good. She had her flaws, and but she had this religious thing that if unless you're perfect, and you know, perfect meaning uh, standard that you cannot attain, because only Jesus is perfect, and everybody else is a sinner, and so. You know, she was very confused about the fact that, you know, how much sin throws you into the abyss. And she had a lot of fear about that. And it was all generated through the teachings that uh, she had received uh, from her religious upbringing. And it's not necessary. You know, if you change your mind, you change the way you think about these things. You can get out of this pattern of fear. You can get out of this pattern of guilt. You know, you start to empower yourself, and I've done shows in the past on how to empower yourself, and you can always go back into the archives on Get Real Radio and and take advantage of a lot of these teachings, but the thing is, is that it's your belief that is taught to you that creates these emotions, And it's kind of like a cyclical thing. It's a a circle that your beliefs create your thoughts, which create emotional responses, which can color your beliefs, and it goes on and on and on. So if you're afraid, if you've been taught that that you're going to, if you don't behave in a certain way, you're going to have a bad result in other words if that if you've heard that all through your childhood that if you're not uh, perfect then you're going to go to hell then of course you're going to be absolutely terrified of dying and i observed that in my mother and it and it's so uh, i guess so unusual that somebody who spent their life volunteering and spent their life focusing on other people and doing as much good work as she could Yes, she had character flaws, but she was they the problem is is that her beliefs about those flaws far outweighed any belief that her good deeds and her good works would help her uh after she passed on and graduated. So, uh she did not uh enjoy her passing because she had all this angst about what was going to happen. Uh, then again, we experience you know if you've never been in a situation that was traumatic or threatening you're probably not going to have a lot of fear in your emotional profile if you've been held safe and you've been made all the good decisions and never been felt threatened or anything else and you're probably you know when i start talking about fear you're going to go what is he talking about so the When we suffer loss, when somebody leaves us or we break up a relationship or we get hurt or somebody says something that's cruel, particularly when we're younger. If, you know, I watched my sons go through grade school and, and I went through grade school and, you know, let's just be honest. Kids can be tough on each other and they're trying to figure out how they fit into the world, and, uh, you know, you get into these various social stratas, and, and kids are mean to each other, and what that creates is, is certain beliefs. It creates certain emotional patterns that when you get in a certain situation, you're going to feel afraid, or you're going to feel guilty, or you're going to feel shamed, or, you know, say your body is not the way, doesn't look the way that, you know, Madison Avenue says it ought to look. You know, there's a great furor right now going on with um, uh, how body styles and body looks uh, and and how the fashion industry and Madison Avenue has warped the way that we think about healthy bodies and so that, that you know, they've been portraying that unhealthy, skinny, emaciated bodies is good. And so everybody's trying to have that kind of a body style. And for for girls or even boys who, who are heavy set or have baby fat and they don't look skinny and emaciated, they're going to have emotions around that. and And the thing is we don't teach these children how to deal with those emotions. And that's what I want to empower everybody to do is to understand where these emotions come from and how to help yourself and help your children, uh, you know, get over the fact that their body is a certain way or get over the fact that they are not the coolest kid in, in the society they're roaming in. So, uh, you know, because it's such a complicated area that there are, we need to know how to navigate it. So, for, you know, one of the interesting things I learned is that. We always idolize the type of body style that uh, depends on whether or not we're in, there's a lot of food or not, or we don't have a lot of food. For example, when food was scarce and a lot of people were starving, we idolized uh, what we call the voluptuous body because nobody, very few people had one. Everybody was skinny and emaciated. But now we live in a culture that every there's plenty of food for everybody, and there are very few skinny, emaciated people. What do we hold up as the ideal? And it's a skinny, emaciated body. So it's, it's something that changes with culture. And if you understand that, you can start looking at it, and you can detach from whether or not you know, you're skinny or fatter, or what difference that makes. And you can just be happy with what you have. And that's one of the strategies that I uh, teach is that we can, if you know why you feel a certain way, you can uh, detach from it and understand that it's just a belief that changes over time. Uh, society changes its beliefs over time. What's good or what's bad Uh, changes almost with every generation and what I believe is that and and what my truth is is that you can change what you believe you know one of the things that uh, people have to struggle with every day is relationships because we want our relationships to be a certain way and and you know, a lot of times, you know, as people change and as culture changes and as our our beliefs about relationships change, you know, if we cannot change with that, if we're, we're raised in a culture where relationships were supposed to be this way and that's no longer the norm and we're sitting there with our mind locked into the belief that our relationship has to be an old-fashioned relationship, I can guarantee you misery, because nobody else is going to believe that. So, I encourage everybody to look at uh, ways you can change your beliefs, either either by your own reading and research, or through professional help, or going to uh, my workshops, or going to workshops of other teachers on how to. How to change your emotions? I tell this story many times about the Dalai Lama, who was giving a lecture in New York City, and back way back when he would allow people to come up and ask him questions after his lecture. And, and one of the uh, people that came to the lecture came up to the podium, and it was this very obviously very rich and abundant woman who. Uh, was very gushing and i see that uh as always my time is running out so i need to stop and take a break but we're talking about emotions and how to control them and mastering them to make your life better and please stay tuned because i'll be talking about about practical ways that we can uh change our beliefs and change the way we experience life this is get real radio and i'm your host james robinson so please stay tuned as we talk about mastering your emotions and i'll finish that story i just started
0: the experts call toll-free right now one 472 5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com
1: museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit but are they essential How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: For 27 years, Kidstar has empowered thousands of kids across the country.
2: And now we have the opportunity to empower children around the world.
0: Kidstar is announcing a new radio show called Voyage Earth. Voyage Earth will empower kids from across the world. Kidstar has created a Kickstarter
1: campaign just for this new undertaking. By pledging to Kickstarter... You pledge for a
0: future of empowered people to come. My name is Mark from the tech team on Voice America Kids Network. I want to thank you for being a backer of our Kickstarter Voyager. Kidstar, we empower kids. Have
1: you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ah, a nice glass of wine is very refreshing after the end of a long day. But have you ever considered the story behind the wine? Tune in to Bacchus & Beery Wine Radio. With your hosts, Roger and Donna Beery. You'll meet some of the people behind the world's wineries, travel the wine country, and learn more about that glass that you're enjoying. Roger and Donna will also give would-be vintners a behind-the-scenes look at starting a winery. Bacchus & Beery Wine Radio airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN
0: ask the experts call toll-free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com
1: you are listening to get real radio with james robinson We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mr. at gmail.com. That's mr. James at gmail.com. Now, back
2: to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we are talking about mastering our emotions. You know, I started a story right before the break, and I I want to finish it because it's a great segue into what I want to talk about, and, and that is the relationship between our emotions and our thoughts. And this is a story about the Dalai Lama who had been lecturing uh, in New York City. And he was approached by a woman that was obviously wealthy. She was dripping with jewels. Her hair was made up. Perfectly, She had on a very expensive dress and high heels and made up to the nines. And she woke, walked up to the Dalai Lama and instantly went into this story about how her husband hated her, how her children were, hated her, and, and she couldn't understand why she was so miserable. And please, Dalai Lama, can you help me? Can you help me? How do I, how do I change this? And the Dalai Lama just looked at her and said, change your mind. And I've always loved that story because it, it, in one statement, three words, he wrapped up uh, what has been a lifetime of study and research for me. And that is our mind controls everything. And if we can control our mind then we can control our life and we can control our experiences and what he meant by that is this woman had this belief system that everybody hated her what do you think would happen if she actually believed that everybody loved her and one of my teachers Derek O'Neill always says that all perception is projection and what that means is that what we perceive is directly related to what we believe about what we're perceiving and so one of the greatest secrets that is not common knowledge but I you know in my world it's fairly common uh in order to be able to adjust your emotions to control your emotions you have to understand that the way you're thinking are is creating how you're feeling and many times there's actually a diagnosed a behavioral disorder called borderline personality disorder, which is a disorder where you make up your belief or your perception based on how you're feeling. In other words, if you're feeling angry, you will make up a story, you will fabricate facts to justify that emotion. And that person will actually believe that those facts happened, even in fact- even if they didn't. So what we have here is a situation where our thoughts create our emotions, which create our thoughts. And that's something that is common in everybody. So we can get pretty confused sometimes over why we're feeling the way we're feeling. And, and many times I've heard per- people say, I'm really sad, but I don't know why. Or I'm really angry and I don't know why. And so what we have to do is we have to look at, well, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts that are going through your head when you feel that way? So so we have a a phenomenon where you can either change your emotion or you can change your thinking. I mean, that's one of the problems uh, with the programming we receive as children is that oftentimes we're sad or angry in our Parents tell us we shouldn't feel that way, that we're, our emotions are wrong. And so all that does is heap a helping of guilt on top of whatever's making us sad or angry. So every time we have a natural emotion of sadness or anger, we also feel guilty about it. How screwed up is that? And so what we have to do is be aware of the fact that our emotions are many times caused by our thoughts. And sometimes our thoughts are caused by our emotions. And going back to the guilt part, one thing that you have to understand is everything we think and everything that we feel is an illusion. And what by that I mean It's something that has been programmed into us, something that we have learned at some point or another that makes us feel that way. You know, we have this uh, emotion of fear that uh, comes from or causes sadness and anger. And why do we have this emotion? Well, that's pretty much genetically uh, programmed. We got that from... Generation after generation of uh, dealing with threatening situations, so that when we think we're in a threatening situation, we feel afraid and we go into survival mode and that keeps us alive now we don't have so many threatening situations there aren't many dinosaurs roaming around there are not so many lions and tigers and bears, so we don't we have to realize that we don't have to have that reaction to what we 're perceiving anymore so Let me give you an example. If you're feeling angry about something, just sit back, take a few deep breaths, and recognize the fact that you're angry or guilt or shameful. And look at that and say, why am I feeling this way? What are my thoughts? What was the last thought that I had before this emotion was triggered? And if we can sit there and be still and be quiet and just remember what the thought was that immediately preceded the fear or the guilt or the shame, then what you have to do is change the thought. And I'll give you a perfect example. Many times I know people feel less than or insecure or they feel abandoned or they feel rejected or they feel guilty or they feel shameful. And the reason for that is they've got a subconscious thought going through their head that is that they they are that way. In other words, if you're feeling insecure, then you've probably got a thought going through your subconscious that you don't deserve anything or that you're uh, unworthy or you're unlovable or something of that nature or even something uh, as basic as I hate myself probably because you've been told all your childhood and most of your formative years that you can't do anything right. And so what is the natural conclusion that any child was would be born with or develop if they've criticized or criticized and criticized is that there's something wrong with them and The conclusion of that is they don't like themselves or is even as strong as I hate myself. So let's try this little experiment. Say to yourself 30 times, I hate myself and see how you feel. Then say to yourself, I love myself 30 times and see how you feel. Now, the the really interesting thing about that is, even though neither one of those thoughts are true in our conscious mind, I guarantee you that they're in your subconscious mind. And depending on which one you think of the most, that's like that old story about which wolf do you feed? Uh, You know, there are two wolves inside of you, one's hate and one's love, which one Survives and it's the one you feed the most. It's an old Native American parable. But it's just, which one do you think? Do you think I hate myself? There's something wrong with me that I'll never get it right? Or do you think I love myself? This too shall pass. I haven't done anything wrong. It's just life. Everything is going to be better. I'm going to be fine. Thoughts of that nature. And see how you feel, see what your emotions are. So, I think what you're going to conclude is, and and this is my uh, observation, is it's a lot easier to change the way you're thinking than it is the way you're feeling. And the reason for that is the emotions are kind of like the gasoline, and your thoughts are kind of like the steering wheel. And so whichever way you're heading with your thoughts, the emotions are going to make that more strong. Uh, it's going to be, you're going to be going there faster. You're going to experience it more uh, intensely. And so you have to understand that there is a progression of emotion. And depending on whether you're going, you're raising your frequency or you're lowering your frequency, you're going to keep going in the same direction until you change your thoughts. And it's called spiraling up or spiraling down. And the kind of thoughts that will lower our emotions or will, you know, lower our frequencies and make us go down into those, those lower vibration, lower frequency emotions are thoughts like, uh, Uh, why can't I be this way or why can't my life be different or I can't, I can't do that or I wish this was different or I wish something would change or I wish this, I wish that, or we're comparing ourselves to others and we're telling ourselves that that person is better than us or, you know, I wish I could be like that person Or even people, and we get this because of the fact that we were probably compared to other people growing up in our formative years, and so we learned how to think that way. But I can guarantee you that if we're comparing ourselves to another person, that we are going to lower our emotions eventually. If we are saying to ourselves, I wish I could win the lottery, we're going to lower our emotions. If we're saying to ourselves, why can't I do that, or why can't my life be this way? We're going to lower our emotional vibrations. if're you know if we're into why is this happening to me, that's called victim mode, and that's going to lower our emotions. And if we have any limiting or uh, untruthful beliefs about ourselves that keeps popping up in our consciousness, that's going to lower our emotional states. So what we have to do is just simply stop ourselves. Recognize the fact that we are in this habitual thinking mode of, I wish I can't, why can't this, Uh, I'm not as good as that person, and just change those thoughts. And one of the best thought that you can say to yourself is, I am. And what I mean by that is, if there's a certain way you want to feel, try thinking, I am happy or I am loving, or I am peaceful, or I am joyful. Anything that if there is a target emotion that you want to be experiencing, if you think I am that way, uh, you are going to raise your frequencies. You're going to raise your emotional uh, meter to where you are. And if you can, you want to reinforce that by re- remembering times when you felt that way. In other words, remember the last time you felt joyful. Or remember the last time you were peaceful. And remember as in as much detail as you can what was going on and what you were thinking when you were experiencing that emotion. And that will bring you into that emotion. It's really amazing how effective this process is because it works instantly. You don't have to sit there and say a mantra for three years in order to get to that emotional state. All you have to do is remember the details of what was going on in your life that brought you to that emotion, and you will be in that emotion. It's really cool. And so the thing that we have to remember is, is that we are feeling a way that we don't want to feel is because we're thinking thoughts that get us to that emotion. And one of the greatest understandings that I've ever come to is that, you know, they're basically two ends of the spectrum and one is fear and the other one is love. Now, there's a lot of different interpretations of the emotional spectrum. You know, there we have hundreds of emotions, and you can get as detailed as you want, and one of the exercises that uh, I did in a workshop was to list all the emotions and start with the one that I dislike the most and go to the one that I like the most and then put all those hundreds of emotions in some kind of order and everybody's going to be different but the, uh, the thing is is that we have to understand that we go up and down this emotional scale all the time it's, it's, we cannot avoid it. Even spiritual masters will get angry Again, as I said earlier in the show, the difference between them and us is is that they instantly understand that they're angry. And they can change that by understanding that, okay, I'm angry, and let go of it. They change their thinking. And so there are many beliefs. There are many habitual belief systems, habitual thinking patterns that calls us to feel one way or the other. And the more that we can sit down and understand how our thinking patterns are, the easier it will be to create uh, the emotions that you want. One of them, and uh, that I will be the first to admit that I am this way, is that it's all or nothing. And by that I mean if it's not exactly the way that I want it, then it's not what I want. And so what we have to do is understand that, again, life is a pendulum. Life is a full spectrum. Nobody gets 100% of whatever they're thinking in the moment all the time. So what you have to do is be flexible. You have to be able to understand as well, okay, it's this way and, You know, all things considered, I really like it. The best part of it is this. What I don't like is that. Which one outweighs the other? Can I live with that? Can I not live with that? If there's uh, something that has got a lot of pluses and maybe a few mouse turds thrown in or flies in the ointment that, you know, may not be perfect, but it's like, well, you know, all things considered, I really like this then you can be happy with that, even though it's not uh, 100% perfect. Because here's a big secret to everybody, is that nothing is 100% perfect. That is an illusion. That is something that our mind creates as a fantasy that will never happen. Because here's, here's the truth, and that is our mind is always changing. And so what our mind says is perfect one minute uh, changes. And so the next minute, our mind is going to say, no, no, that's not perfect. This is perfect. And the undisciplined mind does that constantly. And this is kind of the source of the saying, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. And that is because your mind is going to change and if you, even if you get what you think is perfection, you know, it, it's just a matter of time before you decide that you want something else. So the way that you can control how you feel about a situation is to understand that it's always changing. And you have to decide whether or not the pluses outweigh the minuses. And then just wait for the minuses to change. Another thing that we do is, and again, I know this because I experience it many times as an attorney, and I was actually trained to think this way because it's called worst-case scenario thinking. And what that means is you sit there and think of all the different ways something can go wrong. Rather than focus on what is going right, you sit there and fantasize about, well, if this goes wrong, then I'm going to do that. And if that goes wrong, I'm going to go do this, and it happens a lot in relationships it happens a lot in, in you know in our relationships that are personal and family and work and everything else it's just kind of like a habit that can make us so miserable because we can't even sit there and enjoy it when things are going right because we're always projecting into the future what's wrong, what could go wrong, and so you're you're basically, you've got one foot in the past and one foot in the future and, and look what you're doing over the present. And we have to recognize that we're doing it. We have to recognize that, oh, okay, I'm in worst case scenario thinking and just realize that we are taking what we've experienced in the past and projecting it into the future and that creates fear. So... The uh, way that we can deal with a lot of these negative emotions is find a middle ground. In other words, if you're in worst case scenario thinking, go to best case scenario thinking and then find what really might happen. In other words, say you've got a relationship and it's something that is not happening Uh, you're projecting into the future that we're going to be miserable, we're going to break up, and everybody's going to end up with a broken heart. The best case scenario is, hey, you know, it's Ken and Barbie, we're never going to have a disagreement, everything is perfect, and that's highly unlikely. Just like the worst case scenario is highly unlikely. So what do we do? We find a middle ground and understand that, there are going to be times when we are feeling like we're in heaven and there are going to be times where we're in, you know, not feeling so good. But understand that if there is an underlying love for each other, if there's an underlying connection, you can get through anything and give the relationship a chance. There's a psychological principle that fear and love cannot occupy your mind at the same time. So you get to choose whether you are in fear or whether you are in love. Fear comes from irrational thoughts of, I won't get what I want or I will lose what I have. And that's all an illusion. Love is a belief that everything is well and everything will be okay. So we have to understand that. One comes, from the, one comes from a certain set of thoughts, and the other comes from a different set of thoughts. So it's up to us to choose which set of thoughts we want to focus on. So there are a lot of other topics that I don't have time to discuss, and that's why I'm making a series of shows that will focus on a lot of different emotions that we can Uh, learn how to deal with. Uh, I think that we will be talking in the future about anger and acceptance and what the differences are, what we can do about it, and why we think the way we think. I'm going to be talking about suffering and uh, peace and bliss, what's the difference between suffering and bliss. I'm going to be talking again about uh, emotional control and physical techniques that we can do to uh, create emotional control, and what to do when we find ourselves in you know the dark night of the soul because I have been there and I know how to get out of it so i I want to uh, leave you with hope that Even though you may be experiencing really low-frequency emotions uh, right now, there are ways that we can raise those frequencies to the frequencies where we are feeling that uh, everything is safe, everything is calm, and we are accepting ourselves and loving ourselves to the best degree that we can. And I can promise you that if you use these techniques that i 've talked about today and we'll be talking about in this series on emotions that you will get to that place that you really really uh would like to be, and that is joyful, calm, peaceful, and the person that everybody comes to uh, when their lives are falling apart so this is get real Radio. And I'm, real, I'm James Robinson, your host, and I really look forward to bringing to you more enlightening shows that will help your life be the life that you want.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.